0: Welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast, the podcast for event professionals who want to stay ahead of the game by learning from the leading innovators in the event industry. My name is Angela Tupper, and I'm the Deputy Editor for EventMB. In this episode, titled, Why London's Event Industry is Booming Again, I had the pleasure of speaking with Tracy Halliwell, Director of Tourism and Convention Bureau for London and Partners. In this episode, Tracy discusses how London's meeting and events sector is growing exponentially and how this rebound relates to larger industry trends. Topics include whether event attendance is already happening, how London's sustainability initiatives are changing the game, when global business travel will return to pre-pandemic levels, how to pick hybrid event-friendly destinations, and the value of government programs like subvention and event insurance. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and I invite you to check out previous episodes of the event manager podcast with tips and insights from some of today's most influential event professionals. You can find all the episodes on our website or subscribe through your favorite podcast service. And now for a quick message from our sponsor canopy. Now for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. I'm here today with Tracy Halliwell, Director of Tourism and Convention Bureau, London and Partners. Thank you for joining us today, Tracy. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Before we launch into the questions around today's topic, can you tell me a little bit about how you got started in the event industry? Wow, that was a long time
1: ago. Um, I did a a degree in hotel and catering management um, and got into hotel sales and marketing originally. That was what I graduated and went straight into a hotel company. And spent over twenty years doing that. Um, I spent a bit of time in America, so I've I worked in uh, the U.S. market as well as in London um, and in okay. the UK. And got into um, uh, the the this side, the convention bureau side. Um, Thirteen years ago, fourteen years ago now, I joined Visit London, as it was. Um, so it was a, an easy transition from hotels to selling a destination.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I- that makes so much sense, and. Valuable background expertise for this call today, for this talk. Um, I recently read that your Convention Bureau's benchmarking partner, Venue Performance, just released data that shows London's meeting and event bookings have grown exponentially over the past month. Do you think that we're finally reaching that stage of revenge attendance that everyone's been talking about since early 2021?
1: Yeah, I think... I think people have just got sick of doing zoom meetings they're, they're, they're you know they're sick of, of not being able to have those um, conversations outside of the meeting uh, and certainly all of the face-to-face and live events that I've attended recently people are so excited just to be in the same room um, as other people so I think there is definitely an upturn in people wanting to meet face-to-face And now the restrictions have been lifted and people can do that there's um, you know, the vaccination programs are taking off and international borders have started to open. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse now for a lot of people to say, yes, let's do it. Let's go out there. And I think every time, you know, every week, every new meeting you go to, there's more confidence that comes out that, that people feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we're certainly seeing that upward trajectory. Um, I think it will level off this side of Christmas. But from next year, I think we'll, we'll start to hopefully return to more normal levels of business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And you're, of course, currently in Las Vegas for IMAX America, which is only possible because the U.S. lifted its travel ban just in the nick of time on November 8th. Mm -hmm. And it looks like quite a number of international delegates are on site at IMAX. Do you think that IMAX America's success is a sign of what's to come? And do you have any thoughts on how these potential changes will affect business opportunities between the U.S. and the U.K. in particular?
1: Yeah, the, the US has always been a really, really important market for, for us in London and in the UK. So that was why we were really keen to attend the show. Um, and I think it's a testament that there are so many Europeans here. And you, there's <clears throat> great stories of how people have got here. You know, they haven't let any um, barriers get in the way. And they have got on planes and, and traveled all the way across the States to get to the show. So it's not just the Brits who are here. There are a lot of Europeans. Um, and I think that just shows how key this market is for us. Um, I think it also, it, you know, it's great that the Americans are so happy to see us here. Um, yeah. So it's great for them as well that we can have those conversations. And it's it's about building the confidence with them to to say that, you know, there are no quarantine measures in place now. That's what worries most delegates. Mm-hmm. No point coming to a country where you have to sit in a, a hotel room for 10 days. Mm-hmm. And now that's out of the way. Um it's just it's great to have those conversations and and to find out what's worrying them and and how to alleviate their fears. And I think there seems to be a, a huge amount of of pent up demand and inquiries of people, events that have been put off or new events. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really exciting um, time, I think.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure, and it must have been quite a scramble for your flights <laughs> at, at that time. <laughs> but you made it. <laughs> Um, your press release also mentioned that 18 new hotels have opened in London over the past year. What do you think accounts for this growth?
1: Um, some of that will be hotels that were in the offing and have been for, for many years, but just mm-hmm. um, they're opening whilst the pandemic was playing out. Um, but I think it, it, it just never ceases to amaze me how many hotel operators want to invest in London. And I think that just shows the confidence in the future of London as a big tourism and, you know, and, and business destination. Mm-hmm. We've got some phenomenal um, brands have, have just opened and some really exciting ones yet to come. So I think it's, it's, you know, London is still the meeting point of Europe. It's still, you know, a, a great crossroads for, for business. We've still got, we're, you know, so much sectoral expertise and knowledge in London that it just drives people who want to come um, and do business. And that doesn't show any signs of abating at all, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you're sort of a, at the crossroads in a sense between North America and the rest of Europe. Too, yeah, right? I
1: think language helps. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're, where people, when people come and do an event or a meeting in London, they only have to tackle one language. Mm-hmm. Um, go to lots of European <clears throat> destinations. That's not, not necessarily the case. So it does right. gives people more confidence to host events because it's in their own language and they understand the culture. and... Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, There's also been a lot of talk around the idea that the pandemic was a chance for businesses to reset, realigning their objectives to more sustainable goals. And especially with COP26 concluding this week, sustainability is on everyone's mind. Can you tell me a little bit about how London venues are working towards these new priorities?
1: Yeah, I I think it was something that was fairly high on their agendas anyway. So we had a lot of companies particularly in the hotel space who've been looking at their you know use of plastics and um, food service and food waste so there was there was a lot of work already happening in that space i think what the pandemic did was though it, it really drove home that this wasn't just something we were looking at anymore this was something the world was looking at so it wasn't enough just to do what we were doing we had to start telling our story so as as the convention bureau, we've been trying to pull together all of those wonderful stories of what is happening, um, and to consolidate that into how do we now work with meeting planners and help them to be more sustainable or signpost them to, to where the most sustainable um, things can be. So it, it falls under a number of buckets. It, it's you know it's exciting things like hotels opening rooftop gardens and keeping bees. So um, right. buildings being built with living walls now. You know with, with mm-hmm. cover- plants growing up the side of buildings with all new buildings having to reach uh, you know sustainability goals in terms of smart buildings and the energy usage um, mm-hmm. we have a mayor obviously that's really keen to play his part with with lots of targets to to reach by 2050 and in fact some before that by 2030 so in terms of the, the transport situation in london you know, all of our public transport and hydrogen buses and using heat from tubes and and all the rest of it has been a, a key thing of his the ULES zone now has come in so in terms of air pollution it's really key um and you know Heathrow Airport working with with British Airways and looking at sustainable aviation fuels and there are so many things happening I think our job is to pull all of that together right. London's also a hotbed of, of, of event tech sorry event tech and clean tech and, and um all about companies and how you can offset carbon emissions through apps, how you can um, you know, get a, electric vehicles and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of technology goes on and the circular economy in London. So um, there's a huge story there. It's been going on for many years and I think it's just fast-tracked. So a lot more people are sitting there going, okay, there's all of these wonderful um, organisations we can work with. Let's just pull our finger out and go on with it. So we're in the process of, of, of um, creating a green document really to help people and, and show them where they can go and what we're doing uh, in more detail.
0: That's really great. I mean, you mentioned so many uh, wonderful ideas there, like the green walls and, you know, the apiaries for bees, simple things like that, or getting public transport to be more fuel efficient or using different kinds of more sustainable fuels. Um, and you also mentioned that you're sort of consulting with event planners and venues to help them become a little bit greener. So with that in mind, do you have any tips for event planners who are looking to source more sustainable venues and partners? Are there, for example, a few key initiatives or policies that they should consider as must-haves?
1: I think when you're an event planner, there's so many things you can do that are quite easy. So it's looking at, um, yeah, how are your delegates getting around? You know, what so? What is their carbon efficiency in terms of, of use of public transport, or you know, do some things like electric scooters or whatever it may be? I think the food you serve at your event is quite key. So um, you know, the, the style of it, where it's been sourced from, um, vegetarian options are quite key in all of this journey. And there's a, again a lot of companies that can help. If there is waste left over, how you can donate that to local communities. So there are lots of companies that can help with that. Plastics is a big one. Um, you know, a lot of hotel companies are on this anyway, but as a meeting planner, do you need um, to serve water in plastic bottles? No, you don't. You know, Now, okay. nowadays, certainly in London, we have a lot of refillable water stations, not only in venues, but all the way across a lot of our, um, you know, public areas and, and retail spaces. So there's no need to, to do all of that. Um, I think um, exhibition stands is a big one. So there are some great companies in London that can help with building you an exhibition stand out of um, plastics that have been rescued from the ocean, for instance.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And reusing your carpets and and all of that. There's so much that that can be done. So what we're trying to do is, again, say, right, as a meeting planner, these are the steps you can take. Here are some companies you can talk to. Or here are some venues who are doing this particularly well. Um, if that's what works for you. So across every aspect of it, we're, we're, um,
0: we're pulling that together now. Yeah, I mean, we, we just had a great interview with uh, Karina Bauer that Lori Chaffee did on our behalf. And she was mentioning that IMEX is using recyclable carpets. Um, so yeah, so many little things like that you can do to reduce your impact, your your footprint. <laughs> of course, IMX is also hybrid event. And while it's been super successful, uh, and there are a lot of encouraging signs that the industry is starting to rev up to a full recovery, there's still some uncertainty about the future, right? And that's part of the reason that so many event organizers still have their sights set on hybrid events for 2022. So with that in mind, what are your top tips for event planners looking for a hybrid event friendly destination i mean you'd mentioned that london is also kind of a tech center you mentioned that in the context of sustainability but what about in the context of hybrid events
1: yeah we um again i think a lot of venues in london were already quite well advanced in in the space but during the pandemic a lot of them took the opportunity to upgrade all of their facilities on the basis that hybrid may become a Thing of the future, or nobody knew how long this pandemic was going to last. So, we've had some great examples of, of um, venues just upgrading their broadband accessibility, um, putting in green screens, working with some of the, the creative TV and media production companies that abound in London, and forming partnerships. So, um, they haven't had to start from scratch, they've gone to media companies and said, You guys do this really well, come and help us mm-hmm. out. Right. Building equipment in hotels where you can absolutely have you know fully broadcast quality events happening. So we we always saw the opportunity of London could become one of the hybrid event capitals of the world, um, right. and that may still happen. I think I think the uncertainty really is how important this is going to be. It's not cheap to run really good hybrid events. Mm, right. It's really going to be viable for the bigger events or the bigger events where you want to have a you know multi hub um, scenario. But whichever way it goes, what we've got in London is you know, hotels, we've got big venues, we've got small venues that are all ready to take this on board. So whichever direction it goes, I think London will will play a part in it because so many of our venues have done so much work in this space. Um, and I think the, the real beauty will be in events that want to do the face-to-face element, but they want to expand their reach to an audience that maybe wouldn't normally be able to travel. So all of those people that do work from home or can't, you know, find accessibility quite difficult. Um, and a lot of these associations, particularly, found hybrid as a really good way of extending their, you know, their delegate base anyway. Um, and that then attracts more people to their next event the next time then.
0: Right. I mean, there can definitely be a business case for hybrid events. But I see also what you're saying about them adding an extra expense in terms of, you know, the AV team and the live streaming tech and all of that. Um, speaking of which, uh, I know that the UK has a business events growth program, and a number of other European cities have subvention or subsidy programs of one kind or another, and they're designed to create incentives for events to come to their cities. What are your thoughts on this kind of initiative? Do you think it's necessary at this time, or do you think it could potentially create unfair competition among destinations?
1: Um it- it's it's a difficult one. We we unlike many destinations don't have huge amounts of, of money available to subvent events. I think the you know certainly in London we're such a busy destination that um, the, the public purse has always been used for other things. Whether that's in you know policing or housing or, or medical or health are more important um, to spend their money on. So I think. Um, we'll, we'll never have huge amounts of subvention funding. What we tend to do is to sell London on the back of the fact that actually if you come and bring your event to London, you can probably um, get a higher ROI because you're going to attract more delegates to come. You're going to attract a higher level of speakers. You're going to attract potentially a higher level of sponsors. So there are other ways of making money than just by throwing a subvention fund at something which, you know, if the event's not going to work, in your destination unless it, it has money underwriting it's not going to work it's not the right destination to come right so i you know i i think does it create unfair advantage not for the right meeting planner i think the right meeting planner is going to go to the destination that's going to work for their event whether or not there's a you know a pot behind it or not mm-hmm.
0: um, right that makes sense very um insightful comments there for sure uh the uk government Also made headlines recently when it launched an event insurance program through private partnerships. Do you think that this initiative has helped to spur the growth in London's business events?
1: Um, Has it up till now? I'm not sure. I think it will. I think some of the things that I'm hearing here at IMEX are, excuse me, that um, it is difficult to get insurance now, COVID-related, on an event. So meeting planners. Do think twice, particularly when we're still in that back end of, of, you know, the pandemic. Is it completely over? Isn't it over? Yeah. Um, so I think absolutely this will help because this is an insurance policy that will protect a meeting planner against, you know, government-induced COVID um, shutdowns, which is what most insurance companies won't be insure you for now. So I think it's a right. great initiative, and I think it absolutely will help. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely coming yeah. up
0: yeah i mean i I think it's almost an understatement to say it's difficult to get event insurance now it's almost impossible like you said for the for cancellation related to covid regulations in particular um so lots of really great thoughts there i wanted to finish with a question that's a little bit more open from the perspective of north american event planners what are the advantage advantages of hosting an international event in london so you've already touched on this in many ways you've mentioned how you have really great sustainability initiatives throughout the city, um, not just at venues and um, hotels, but in the public sphere in general. And on top of that, you have a lot of tech um, and it's an English speaking place. Is there anything else that you wanted to add that might kind of set London apart for the North American audience in particular?
1: Um. I mean, they're, they're the main thing. I think London never sits still. So there are always, any meeting planner always wants something new and different. Um, and London can always deliver that. So whatever you're looking for, um, you'll always find something to match um, in London. So whether it's it's new hotels, new products, new venues, uh, new ways of doing things. I think the other thing that London did very well during the pandemic was a lot of our restaurants and bars and hotels created outdoor spaces. So Suddenly, London became, for me over the summer, a really European culture destination that I don't think we've seen before. Um, so that's something new that, that people would not have experienced as much in London as they will moving forward. I think our whole um, policies around sustainability will help meeting planners because you know they are going to be forced more and more and more to, to achieve sustainability issue that they're servicing or from their own companies in general you know as the UN sustainability goals get get, that pushed down so I think we can help meeting planners achieve those goals Um, and at the sectoral knowledge in London has always been key for meeting planners in terms of uh, uh, attracting delegates so we have a big delegate base of whether you're you're in the tech sector, whether you're in banking, whether you're in the legal world or the pharma and and healthcare services and and, life sciences. So London's always been a pool for for attracting the right delegate base. Um, We've also got a really avid consumer market in in London and the surrounds. So people bring their events here because you've got people who are going to listen and who are going to buy. So product launches and and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that won't change. You know, we've still got a really diverse population in London. So if people are testing things out, it's a great destination to come and do it. But I think overall, it's going to be that culture, it's the history, it's, it's the, um, the familiarity that the Americans have with the UK market that I think you know, drives them to come and have their meetings with us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that human capital element you mentioned is is you know irreplaceable. I mean, obviously that's a huge draw. The, resources you have in terms of the skills and the professions. And also, like you said, the consumer base for sure. And, you know, things like London bridge (laughs) and all of those attractions that are, yeah. (laughs) Um, And I mean, I, I didn't know that uh, London had started creating outdoor spaces, I guess maybe your milder climate, even though it can be a bit rainy is an advantage there. Um, I'm, I'm in Montreal, so Montreal, Canada, so (laughs) no outdoor, the not too many outdoor venues in the winter time here. Um, so I guess that's one added advantage.
1: The advantages of getting slightly warmer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you have any final thoughts that you wanted to add before we uh, we say goodbye to the audience today?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I think um, it's just for me. We're we're on the edge of of you know, fingers crossed. Everything's starting to return back to normal, um, mm-hmm. and we're ready to um, to play our part in that that space again. So
0: that's mm-hmm. why we. Yep. Exciting times for sure. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me today, Tracy. It's been a wonderful talk. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Event Manager Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest news and the best articles on technology and innovation in the event industry, head over to eventmb.com.